0: Talking industry, topical debate from the world of engineering, automation and manufacturing. A DFA Manufacturing Media Production. The Benefits of Digitalization in Manufacturing, Part 3. Brought to you by Drives and Controls. The number one engineering magazine for automation, power transmission and motion control. Visit drives and controls.com
1: Contribution on uh, supporting brownfield sites in capturing data. Uh, you may also want to comment on uh, on the discussion we've just, uh, just been having about how to get started and your experiences there. Um, and also, perhaps one thing I can throw in as a curveball is... Um, do you ever get rid of manually generated data or is it just um you know at some point you have to accept that some of that will be there
2: um yeah so i guess well i've been at turk Banner 11 years now and you know started from a key account manager all the way up now to managing director so i've been at i think i've been on the journey with some of the customers and to answer your question about replacing people yes sometimes we do you know for vibration monitoring we you know it's not a requirement for that person to go around and every Monday or once a month take that um, value of that vibration what we may do is if we're monitoring at 24 7 we're giving that customer peace of mind one that his assets being monitored but we're also working with them so they're more efficient so when the motor has got a Failure or has got a a warning or alarm, they're going to where the um, issue is. So they're not wandering around site trying to take readings. They're wasting ninety percent of their time, maybe going around taking readings of serviceable assets. They're being more efficient. So there's there's one thing that could, you know, unfortunately reduce a headcount, or maybe a third party company come in, but there's benefits to the customer. Um also with manual OEE, you know, the solutions we've got that are a plug and play. And supporting those legacy equipment, supporting those brownfield sites who don't have the infrastructure, that's you know, that's the benefit, that's the journey we're putting it on. And Thomas has mentioned it, and we've all mentioned it. I think what we're trying to do is we're trying to put people on that um journey. So we've got what I would call IoT enabling devices. So, we've got devices which will help things like OEE. You know, so it will give them instant information about availability, performance, even the quality. Um, it'll even help them with sustainability. Sustainability is a big question at the moment for everyone. You know, with IP67 solutions, with VT, with energy. You know, so they don't have to make panels and invest in large equipment. You know, have them plug and play things for the production line is of importance, very much so. Um, and to give you an example, like of consuming data straight away. So, you know, plug and play solutions. We try and approach it from the simple fact that is the customer, you know, get them started on the journey by giving them a simple starter kit. You know, um, one thing you know, I find with customers and I'm at a customer tomorrow who's got multiple, it's a brand new site. You know, I say Brownfield, but it's only like a couple of months old. But he's had multiple machines come in from multiple vendors, but he does want to do condition monitoring, he wants to do a little bit more analytics. Um, and he hasn't got the infrastructure in place. So that's a very simple way to say, hey, let's get you some data. Um one, one feedback from customers is quite often, what cloud do I pick? You know, there's so many clouds. Um, it's a huge problem. They want to get on this journey of digitalization. They don't know where to go. Um, one thing we tend to do with our customer base is just say, hey, have a, have a go at it. You know, have our cloud. Just have a go at it. You know, there's no cost. Get a sensor. Put it on a, put it on a motor. We've got a learning algorithm. Take the vibration. We've got a, a way of capturing OEE data. Just get some counts. You know, just replace that manual process and get you count and autom- automatically. Straight away, they go, okay. Um, at least the the information's there's a quality thing. We, you know, quality. You know, you're getting an accurate count. You know, you're not taking away that human error. You know, and um, it could be something else. It could be an energy. It could be you. You name it. That's I think that's. Super important to help the customer on on the journey and un- understand what they want, you know, identify, which we mentioned, their their bottleneck or their pinch point. Um, another thing is we're trying to adapt some of the, the legacy machines um, by trying to take the information from the shop floor straight to a cloud, so sensor to cloud, you know, um, we may have all heard of IO-Link. IO-Link's a great, you know, it's not new. It's been around for, for many, many years. IO-Link is, a, is a, a brilliant way of collecting data on sensors on the shop floor. But legacy machines is a challenge because there's maybe no room in the PLC. There's old PLCs they've got no memory inside it. Um, that's, that's big cost. Uh, they might even not be network type machines. So what we're trying to do is encourage them to say, well, we'll come along and collect that data. So we get IP67 solutions with field logic controllers. Don't have to be a PLC, but what we do, and I think it's important, is to pre-process the data for the customer. So when he gets that signal, i.e. a sensor, which is IO link, and he wants to see, do you know what would it benefit me from knowing the signal strength of a laser sensor? so i can be more proactive with my prevent and maintenance so an example what we do do is the prevent and maintenance is you know in a food and beverage factory you know you've got engineers going around just cleaning the lens of a sensor it may maybe once a day it once maybe once a week it's not efficient well why not you know say to them well this this snippet of information we can tell you when to go and clean it and surely that should work to the customer's advantage from an efficiency point of view because then that maintenance person who was going around clean and sensitive can go to actually where he's required to do maintenance. And the same principle applies for, for any application, really. Um, and I think when you put them on that journey, they identify the ROI straight away. You know, um, They go, oh, can you do this? Can you do that? And that's important. And it's important you know, to give them all the options. Say to them, do you want it in your IT infrastructure? Do you want it in a cloud? Or do you want to integrate to another cloud? And that's one thing we're trying to do. We're a very open platform, you know, multiple protocols. You know, have they got a, a central maintenance system? They want to benefit from digitalization. These are all questions we, we want to work with the customer. We want to say to them, you know, what? what what's your end goal? you know, it's not about, we'll get you the data. And I think that's most probably a little bit different to, you know, the people that are trying to understand what they can get the benefits out of ERP, CMS systems, CMS systems, um, we'll just give them that journey. We'll give them those snippets of information that they can go, Do you know what, that was quite useful. And I think that's a, a huge benefit to the customer. Thank
1: you. Um, we've had uh, just a quite interesting comment Actually, in the chat, while while you've been talking, um, and just summarising basically the second part of it, it just says that there is always a risk in new technology. I think it's something we we guess we'd all agree with. It took a long time for people to move to P- PLCs from relay logic, and we had identical discussions in the nineties when the internet emerged. Um, what's the ROI of that? So we you know we probably still can't work out what that was in terms of pounds or euros um or australian dollars or anything else but um but you know every company now uh, now embraces it so um so roi and, and a few other commentators have made the same point roi is only part of the story isn't it um you know so um we're, we're kind of coming towards the end um i I'd like to throw in uh, a slightly more technical question at this point, which came in quite early on um, from Jose Paulo, And it's specifically about predictive maintenance. And this is, this is actually something we have been uh, talking obliquely about quite a lot. And uh, uh, how, how can companies and suppliers offer systems that can be used in different applications and machines without He says the the majority of those companies not having experience or the deep knowledge of the processes. Um, How do you create that knowledge? Um,
0: This Talking Industry episode is brought to you by Drives and Controls, the number one engineering magazine for automation, power transmission, and motion control. Visit drivesandcontrols.com.
1: So he, he says that um, uh, his. I, I believe our industry. I presume he means his. It's quite mechanically structured, um, and and crossing over or explaining the uh, the understanding is a big challenge. So I suppose it's you know how um, how transportable are um, your solutions? Say Tony, for, to start with. Um, from one application to another and how much do you need to know about the process in order to make them
2: work. Yeah, and that it is a it is a point that especially banner engineering identified many, many years ago. We brought out vibration equipment and what we were finding is that we were relying on the customer doing all the integration and the, you know, they had to learn our product. They had to learn, you know, maybe the process of their own um, machines and that. So we've done this for a number of different products. We, we employ somebody. So for example, if I use vibration of an asset, we, we've developed a learning algorithm which automatically learns the, the state of the machine over a particular time. So it, it will run for a period of time. It will create a warning level. It will create alarm levels, set the baselines for them. So it takes away that need to understand each and every customer, because it's a bit of a generic thing. You know, each each and every asset is different the way it operates. But if you um, look at certain values, you know, one thing we went to from a from a digitalization point of view is us to put people on that journey. Is within our sensors, they're they're digital sensors in a way, so we can select in the sensor we can select velocity, acceleration, Curtis crest. We can we can temperature. We can select all these values. So. And it's all then selectable within a within a program to help that customer because different assets they'll need you maybe a speed monitoring for spectral band measurements. So we're trying to take that heartache out for them um, and giving them you know, as much of a plug-and-play solution as possible. And that's important, you know, because that is another thing which comes in the, the investment. If they, if you've got to get then somebody to integrate it because you don't have the the technical knowledge on site, there's an additional cost, and then they may have to then support it, so there's some ongoing cost. So we try and keep it as one, you know, um, plug and play solution, which is you know a quite a common platform which works for a large portion. I don't, I'm not saying it works for every customer, but you know it helps. Like OEE, you know, the simple fact is it's just account, just you know, mm. give them that value. You know if they want to then do the back end there's a lot of high-end OEE software out there that will understand the reasons why machines the drop-down menus but we're just the the first point there call thank you
1: Mikhail um that's uh, also a relevant question to you i guess isn't it um you know about how transportable your solutions are from one application to another
3: yeah in the me- mechanical environment is going to be uh, in in this in in this um. Uh, Environment, we, we need the talk banner to help us uh, to to collect the data. Uh, but yeah, as soon as we have the information, the data, we are we can very easily send the data where uh, the system. I mean, where the data is needed, or we can calculate locally. It's um, uh, it's uh, it's very easy. I mean, we know we know data is not um, it's new for uh, it's new for industry. And, um, and I mean the education people who has to maintain uh, the industrial uh, environments, uh, the production never been uh, never been educated around the data. They've been educated around automation. They've been educated about maintenance uh, uh, maintenance plan, all these things, but never around data. That's not the education we used to have at that time. So and the system are what we, I mean, at least for for Red Lion, we we adapt uh, the data, um, I would say that management, but with a with a with the way with automation mind uh, mind. So it's very it's very easy to uh, it's very easy for uh, pr- for people who has difficulties to adapt to a IT system uh, to adapt to ours. And I think it's it's true for it's true for Red Lion, but I think it's true for most of. Uh, Of the um, industrial system who wants to play into the uh, to the industry uh, actually or the uh, uh, digitalization actually they they don't want to introduce IT uh, style into uh, production because they know it it won't work I mean it's two different world. Thank you, Lena. Do you have a view on this?
4: Um, Yes, with Priority Software, we we, um, provide an open platform, an open ERP platform to make sure that via APIs or via software development kits, it's possible to connect external or third party um, solutions to the platform. So it's all about syncing the data, make sure you can do the exchange in two ways, uh, syncing data to the ERP, but also to the other side and then we use the insights the the data from the external or third party technology together with all the data in the erp which will which is connected to the demand of our customers to our suppliers how is, is the how are the delivery terms going Um, And all these data together, this will enable um, customers to do like the real predictive maintenance, how many um, pieces do I need to to, um, produce next month, is there a maintenance in between, so then we know it has an effect on, on the delivery term, so it's all about connecting all the data together and bring it to one system to make the right decisions. And I think one thing to mention um, on top of that is to make sure that if you connect all these external platforms uh, or systems to one platform, to make sure that you can still um, update your technology uh, to make sure that you can still uh, use, uh, install the new upgrades and go on with the new technology. We see a lot with, with um, other uh, software suppliers where if you want an update of the, the ERP platform, you need to invest again in all the connections And that's crazy. So you need to make sure that you have an open system that can evolve and keep the the integrations as they are and at which you can still optimize, but you don't need to um, rewrite them every time that you do an upgrade.
1: Thank you. And Thomas, that uh, brings it round to you. Um, I suppose where we started in in many ways. Um, Do you want to sum up um, just you know what you've heard from from your perspective, um, maybe talk a little bit about the people issue and um, we're we're getting quite tight for time so uh, so i'd like to wrap up in the next five minutes, um, but um, if you have any further comments and that, that would be very welcome.
5: Yeah, thank you, Andy. and also to to comment what you just mentioned Lena. Uh, future proving and interoperability is absolutely key you're dead on. Um, Today, with all the data that is available, right, users expect access to more real-time data at a substantially reduced cost. And what they use it for is remote monitoring diagnostics that then leads over into operational efficiency gains and over into predictive maintenance. And uh, Tony, you mentioned uh, an example uh, before uh, for route-based monitoring, as it is called, I believe. And that's that's absolutely correct. Uh, to get the costs, uh, real-time data at a reduced costs, route-based monitoring has its limitations. So digitalization is here as a tool to make that person who walks the route more efficient. That person can do a lot more. He has the application experience and knowledge, very valuable. That person should not be reduced or eliminated, but that person now can do a lot more with the knowledge he has. And if he is trained using these digital tools, he will become a lot more efficient and that's job security too. So the value will not just come from sensors collecting data, but from the responsive actions that still people take um, for, for things connected to the internet. So my recommendation would be focus first on assets under process optimization and not the labor cost or maintenance budget reductions, right? Do more with what you have before reducing to what you need, if that makes sense. Um, efficiency gains with the resources you have before you start to optimise uh, your main focus cost based on labour costs. It's really asset and process optimization.
1: Um So it just remains for me to thank all of our attendees for attending and for giving us your time for what is uh, pretty much an hour and a half and to our excellent contributions from our four panellists this morning as well. So Thank you ever so much to everybody. Keep cool, and we'll look forward to seeing you soon. Cheers.
0: This Talking Industry episode is brought to you by Drives & Controls, the number one engineering magazine for automation, power transmission, and motion control. Visit drivesandcontrols.com. Thank you for listening to Talking Industry. Stay tuned across all podcast apps, follow us on social, subscribe to our newsletters and keep up to date at talkingindustry.org.